Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to LDS Down Under. Down Under. Why did you always have to ruin it, man? <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a great one today. Honestly, I'm excited. I'm nervous and everything above. We have an amazing, amazing man with us today. And we're going to be talking about race, religion, and huh? reconciliation. <laughs> Reconciliation. We're the triple R's. The triple R's. And here we have... Uh, David or Bishop Frost? Bishop Frost. <laughs> I just put him on the spot right there. <laughs> anyway, enjoy it, guys. Welcome. Sorry, I put him on the spot there. But um, <laughs> it's Bishop Frost. Um, he's question. He was like, "What is my name?" Yeah. <laughs> but um, so how this came along is we asked uh, Bishop Frost to come up and just to pray about what um he feels he can share with 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 all of us, and he came back with such amazing. I can't say the other word reconciliation. I did it. So we had well we had bishops we had bishop skews on, mm -hmm. and bishop skews is the bishop of Yantra Ward, yeah. where we we go to church. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Bishop Frost, mm -hmm. who is the bishop of Butler Ward, the second best following, ward, following in his shadow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we used to be Butler Ward, and then we got too big, and Bishop Frost had just moved in. Yeah. And he got caught into like stake young men's, I think it yeah, was yeah, when yeah, we yeah. met. Can I tell you something interesting? Yeah. When I got here to. Uh, Pert. Yeah. We went to the temple. I think that week, <laughs> and I remember I was sitting there, and I saw him and his Bishop Frost and his wife come in. I was like, oh, that's a good-looking couple. <laughs> like they're young, and you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But he was so serious. I was like, <laughs> oh, the dude, like the temple is really serious here. And he was in the zone, like straight up in the zone, and his wife was in the zone, and I was like. Oh wow, this is amazing. We're probably just real tired because we, yeah. we got away from the kids, so we're like, yeah. oh my goodness, we can. But I understood then, <laughs> like, I think the week after that, then he was calling his bishop, and I was like, ah, <laughs> it makes sense now. It, it makes sense, but um, it was, honestly, like, it was that week where you get you got asked if you want to be the bishop. Yeah, yeah, so he was like, I better go to the temple with <laughs> real quick and just double check everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is but, it okay that I don't want to do this? <laughs> no, consent still allowed. <laughs> but no, honestly, thank you so much for taking um, the invite and wanting to come on to the pod. We really appreciate it. Mm. So talk to us, Bishop. What's in your mind? Oh man, I kind of almost first tell wanna, us who you are. Sorry, almost want to hmm. start. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'll start this way. I'm fucking te hau ki te uru, fucking te hau ki te tonga, ki a ma ki na ki na kuta, ki a ma tara tara ki tai. E hiaki a nate kura he tio he huka he hauhu tihe mauri ora. Uh, he honore he kororia ki te atua, he maungaronga ki te fenua, he fakaro pai ki ngā tangata katoa. Ake ake ake. Amen. Um, he oh, what is my iwi? We'll go from there. So basically, it's um, it's it's an interesting journey in terms of where where you find yourself. Even moving across from so, sorry, I'll start from the beginning. My uh, I, I am David Frost, so call David Tokuingwa. Uh, so David is my name. Um, Fatu is my father. Um, he, his um, he was brought up in New Zealand. Um, his father was from Samoa, and then his mother was from um, Aotearoa or New Zealand. So then my mother, she is from New Zealand, but mm -hmm. her family would then stretch all the way back into bits of England, bits of Ireland. Um, I think there's some French in there, which I'll happily claim to make it more spicy. Mm. Um, so can I ask, what were you speaking about? So that was Māori. So that was Māori. Te, reo, te reo Māori. Um, oh, and essentially it's just, it's a pretty generic introduction in terms of acknowledging different aspects of the world, I suppose. Um, but also even within the Māori context, or if, even within Te Ao Māori or the Māori worldview, um, you have... A, tra uh, a, a traditional view of it and then there's a Christian view of it as well um, so if the Whakatakateho Whakatoki or, or the Whakatakateho kind of opening is um, more acknowledging you know gods of that Māori world view and then the He Honore He Kororia Ki Te Atua Ki Te Atua He Maungaronga Ki Te Whenua so Whenua Land so it talks more about the Christian Christian world view of the Māori world as well so there's incredible just history and context that comes into play well, when you have race, religion, and reconciliation, or how do you reconcile the two? Mm -hmm. Or how do you balance the two out? And it's impossible not to walk those worlds because we all have 
even within the gospel of Jesus Christ itself, there's almost an encouragement to explore family history. Like there's an encouragement mm. from day dot, you know, the Lord created the heavens and the earth. We learn about a, a generational thing or a whakapapa is what they call it in, in Te Ao Māori. So you learn about where you came from, you know, why you're here and where you're going, even within a racial context or within, yeah. within an ethnic context as well. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that was the driver of talking about those things today and making up most of our ward, I think 80% of our ward or our congregation are either from New Zealand are, or are immigrants to, to this land. Um, so it's kind of unique and ma- maybe it's not, it couldn't be a coincidence the fact that I'm serving in the capacity that I am now and have the history that I do to then have an opportunity to connect with the people here mm-hmm. who are from a very familiar background to, to where I'm from. So how do they find um, race and being a member of this church? How, like, is there a connection there or is there kind of a, do people sometimes look at it as, do I have to leave my culture? Do I have to leave my race in order for me to be a member of this church? Or do they ask certain things like that? Or I think for, for those who even care about it, then mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I think the general, the vast majority probably couldn't really care less in terms of um, the impacts of their race or impacts of ethnicity and culture on their Christian Christianity. Um, but for those who do explore it, I think it, it, it does become quite confronting and quite clashing because it is a tearing away, I suppose, of a world that they are so brought up in. And even only two or three generations ago, that was the world that their family existed in. So their great grandparents existed in a world that was predominantly viewing you know, daily life in this particular mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to have that change through, I guess, religion or through any other, you know, through other exposures that can be confronting for a lot of people. And you'll see that in the elements of, or you'll see that in the way, different ways that people gravitate towards different parts of the gospel. You know, some things will ring really, really strongly with them, and other things they'll just not understand and, and accept it, but or accept whatever religion is teaching them, but also maybe not commit fully to it, if that makes sense. What 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 I do love about Maori people, and <clears throat> probably just more Islander people itself, and and just sort of Maori, is that like they have such a strong connection to that culture. Mm. Like you think about people from Australia or other countries, etc. we don't really have, we're born there and we sort of you know, go for the sporting teams or yeah, you know, yeah. those sort of things. But we don't really have that strong connection to our country as such, probably because you know, our country's all got European eyes, you know, just Western eyes and people coming mm-hmm. from all over. We're so multicultural. Yeah. Um, but like Kiwis, the Maori people especially, I find them so passionate about um, their culture yeah, and they're yeah. so proud of it and stuff like that and it makes me jealous at times when I'm with them and they're talking about it and stuff and you know in Bunbury Ward we used to have huckers all the yeah, time yeah, and yeah. it's so powerful did you and... drop a tikka tonu? did you get in there? oh Bishop Pinnipi <laughs> if you're listening you know you owe me <laughs> you still owe me that by the way but um <laughs> and um we actually had it at our wedding. Oh, Crystal cool. loves the haka. Cool. So traditional dances and stuff yeah, came yeah, to yeah. our wedding and they did hakas. And we got involved in it and stuff. It was awesome. But cool. I means... love how Maori culture mm-hmm. is so passionate about it. It's awesome. But it's amazing how the world also love it, loves it. Yeah. So in a sense of the haka is so famous everywhere, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you serious, Rodney? Not even the first silent, rule so. is to put it on silent, <laughs> and he reads the message too. Are you serious right now? It's a it's a COVID update. I don't want to. No, we're not getting into that. But basically, how <laughs> they the absolutely <laughs> so they absolutely like all around the world. They love that. They love that connection. And you know, you saying that it just takes me back to obviously my family. We moved from South Africa to Ireland, mm. and for. I left when I was about seven and I was in Ireland when I was about eight and we like literally, I didn't know much about my country. So I grew up there and when I was 18, I honestly thought I was white and I wasn't even black. And I used to don't, I I didn't even want to be, to be like to say I was African or anything because I felt embarrassed. I felt like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Irish, I'm Irish, I'm Irish and I'm, I'm white and I kept on getting the same haircuts as my friends and I thought I and I lost that connection and then when we went back when I was 18 to my uncle's wedding and when I got there oh the connection I had would just be yeah <laughs> just the connection I had to people from South Africa to Botswana and I just felt like I was home and I just saw my 
my people. I saw that uh, like my I had a connection, and that's when for me everything changed for me. And that's when I had stopped drinking. I had stopped everything before the church actually came. I had stopped everything, and I knew why my mom came here. It wasn't for me to just come and just. It was for me to make something of myself and not just to sit back. And for like, I started recognizing who I was. And when I started recognizing who I was, that's when everything changed for me too. Like doors started started opening up for me, and I was like, wow, you know, all I needed to know was who I was and where I came from, and from that I had that connection. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's a big thing, and I'm gonna say something. I don't know if you know, but uh, Bishop Frost and I served in the same mission. Yay! Hey, hey. Ah, no way! <laughs> We served in the same mission, and I don't know in your type, Bishop, but you would have seen that some people were always kind of looking at the church as, you know, though I'm gonna have to leave my culture and yeah. all that kind it's of stuff. Rich, it's the rich church. Like, yeah, it's, it's a rich people rich church, church, and it's it's not part of our culture, and it's you know it's not they don't celebrate things we celebrate, yeah. and it was such a it was so hard to ex- try to explain that. You know, it's 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 God here, and they were looking at it as no, you know, the white man brought God, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it's not anything to do. But they also served Kamata, yeah, 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 who yeah. was their version of God. You know what I mean? And to help them understand that, so in 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 um, the Kosa tribe and Zulu and whatnot, it's the thing of um, they used to pray to their ancestors, pray to it was their ancestors, right? Yep, pray yep, to yep, their yep. ancestors. Uh, and then they, because they had died and they had a connection, so they were the closest to Kamata, which is, on their behalf, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, which, is, which isn't entirely incorrect either. It's not, no. it's which, not. which has elements of truth to it. Yeah. Like we, we do work for our ancestors, so the, 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 the crossovers are Yeah, really yeah, good. so it's, it's, it's so close, yeah. you know what I mean? But their thing was only, but then someone came and said, you don't have to talk you don't have to go through your ancestors. You can talk to God directly. You know what I mean? But I think they found it tough to understand. And some people found it tough to understand that, wait a minute, you're trying to tell me, you know, my forefathers were wrong and what they were doing. It's like, no, no, it's not what, they weren't wrong. It's just what they understood then. And now we understand that we have a direction to talk. And I, I love it, the church, you know, and our prophet, he says that, you have a connection to God. You can talk to God. Mm. Your priest or whatnot doesn't have to step up and talk to God for you. God knows you and knows who you are. Mm. So therefore, you can communicate with him through Jesus Christ. And trying to say that, and it was a bit of, no, you're trying to push me away from my culture. You're trying to push me away from my... And it was tough to say that, you know what I mean? Because how do you... You know what I mean? Trying to explain it at the same time. So... Have you have you seen a difference in religion and culture growing up, Rodney? Not really, because I was brought up here in Perth. So yeah. I think the Western world's been pretty much a religious sort of world. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. my grandparents were Salvation Army. Pretty much everyone when I was growing up had some sort of religion. Mm-hmm. And most children are baptised yeah. in some sort of church yeah. back then. Yeah. Nowadays, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. I, I've probably seen more of the the move away from religion over time more than the culture separation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see it because obviously in the church we have a lot of Maori people, a lot of Samoans, and Tongans, a lot of islanders here. Yeah. So you see it more with them. Yeah. Um, but especially the ones that have that real big connection with their, their ancestors, the ones that grew up with like their grandparents or something that yeah. had a really strong connection and you know they speak Maori, they speak their native language, you know, and those sort of people, yeah, yeah. they're the ones you see that have a strong connection. So. Because my wife, is, she's Samoan too, so she has said that some people, you know, even in being Samoan, they look at the church and they're saying it's, you know, it's 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 pushing away most of our traditions mm. and we don't want to go there because it pushes away. Is that true? Does it push it away? I think it's, I, I would say it's, it's difficult to, the, 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 there'd be different, comp, like there's compounding impacts on mm-hmm. why people would get involved in religion in the first instance if yeah that, if that makes sense so it's um it's it's hard to give a like a broad brush approach or a broad brush definition of why people either engage or don't engage in religion from mm-hmm. cultural backgrounds or yeah, from yeah, race-based yeah, backgrounds yeah. um and I, I love that there's 
there, there's a growing, I personally feel there's a growing interest in terms of how do you magnify the best of both worlds mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to you can look at I suppose the deficit approach where you're like no get rid of it whatever you've got get rid of that and once you join the church you're in the church or once you join religion you're you need to leave behind everything else but mm-hmm. I love more so now that it's bring the best of what we do have and I remember President Hinckley had quoted that as well bring the best in, of, of what your world has yeah. and combine it with the best of what this world offers and watch like watch the magic happen I suppose yeah, or watch, yeah, yeah. watch your life change yeah, and the Utop also says, um, it's like, come, there was a video that he came out, it was a video that came out re- uh, when I was on my mission, it was like, come mm. and and teach us what you know, and we will teach you what we know, yeah. and let's bring that together. Yeah. Don't come and, you know, push away, yeah. Yeah. you know, come with what, your knowledge, <clears throat> and we will take that, you know what I mean? And we will also, you can teach us, and we can teach you. It's yeah. not a thing where you just come. And we'll tell you what to do. It's more of we want to learn from you too. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's not it's not a brainwashing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> you don't yeah. have to start from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Just learn everything you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the combination of mm-hmm. the two. It fills in and fills. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's like the last of the puzzle pieces. Yep. You know. Yeah. The only question I have that comes to mind is how would you define the Australian culture? Like how how would you define what makes up the Australian culture? Yeah, it's just so hard. You know, like I grew up in an area where, you know, you had a lot of um, traditional Aboriginal people, you know, but I think the biggest, hardest thing about that culture as well is it's been, you know, when you had the stolen generation and all those sort of things, they were trying to sort of outbreed Aboriginal people. um, And it's just made a mess of things. It didn't help at all. Um, So I think we've sort of just stuffed everything up here, to be honest. the easiest way to say it yeah and i think they did it with the american indians as well mm. they didn't do that well either um but look i think we have a everyone who grows up here knows that this land is really belonging to the traditional Aboriginal mm. people but i think also is over time and everything they were pushed out of major populous areas you know they were pushed out to the countryside etc even though a lot of them lived there yeah. But where we live today, this had an Aboriginal, you know, families and and um, societies and everything running through this entire Perth region. Yeah, yeah. And they all got pushed out, so West they could be Westernised, yeah. and you know the Europeans could come in and settle, and and so on and so on. So we've sort of wrecked that traditional aspect. And when you grow up here, it's not embedded in you. Yeah. You learn a little bit about it. But it doesn't become, you know, nowadays we have the pay respects, a lot of yep, things, especially yep, mining. It's all everywhere oh, they, mining. Yeah, they're going to love that. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You get on a flight and they welcome the, they welcome and acknowledge the traditional elders and, and owners of the land and what what Aboriginal um, um, culture was living in that area, whether it's the Noongar people, yeah, etc. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And so they do all that sort of stuff, which is really cool. But years ago, we didn't really do that. Yeah. You know, it's only now because, you know, the mining companies have obviously they've bought land off the Aboriginal elders and stuff like that. So there's those sort of obligations with it. But I just don't think we've kept that heritage yeah, well. Yeah. Or I think New Zealand's done it very well. It sort of it sort of came in together a bit. There's been some stuff. Oh, man, it is definitely still not. A, I think, and that's been interesting coming here is how often... Um, even in circles, I, I work as a case manager for an off-profit organisation um, called St. Bart's, which is uh, we help homeless people or people, people who are at risk of homelessness kind of get off the streets and find their feet and everything. So not too dissimilar from missionary work, which is really cool. Mm. Um, but I find that even in those circles or even in not-for-profit circles, there's, mm. there's often quite a high talk of like New Zealand is amazing, you know, the, the um, race relations or whatever it is, the, the connection that um, people have and, and the outward manifestation of you know uh, reconciliation that's taking place for two cultures seems to be quite strong but it's fascinating coming f- from it all and thinking like oh is that what you've seen from the outside because I'll tell you really what's happening on the inside is that mm. there's still deeply ingrained prejudice and deeply ingrained stereotypes that that exist um, take for example like the latest outbreak of COVID that's taking place in New Zealand right now um, there, there was a um, Samoan congregation or Samoan ch- church congregation that has become a hotspot or, or a um what do they call them like a nucleus or a, not a nucleus <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it's it's like a it's the, that's what they found like there's 20 cases that started there and then there was 50 oh, like cases and then yeah cluster there we go yeah and so yeah. all through the media it was Samoan church Samoan congregation Samoan people Samoan this um when uh now now and that was probably about two months ago when that cluster broke out that all settled down another um, cluster broke out and a Auckland was in lockdown level four and a couple of you know, European background left, used their, um, well, they had exemptions in terms of travel. Mm. They used their travel passes to leave Auckland and go down to Queenstown or go down to Wanaka, I think, down in the South Island to then stay at the family batch. Um, and then they, they got found out, they got name suppression. One of the mothers is like a chief court judge or something back in New Zealand. Um, never during any of that dialogue was white couple mentioned or European couple mentioned mm. um, or, um, yeah, no, you know anything to do with who they who they culturally were was mentioned so it's interesting that when it comes down to oh, mentioning this it's all it seems to be it's a Samoan like family or Samoan yeah. congregation but then any mention of anything else yeah. is, is the normalized um, and, and there, there are probably reasons for that in terms of the media and the way they spin things they're probably greater I don't, know, I don't want to say conspiracy reasons or any of that but it's it's fascinating that though it appears you know peachy keen on the outside um, there's still some heavy hitting things that are taking place within the country though there has been progress made off the back of you know the, the, I suppose that initial formalized agreement called um they, you know, they call it the Treaty of Waitangi or Te Tiriti Waitangi um, that formalized agreement I suppose puts it in a way that it's rights based as opposed to needs based which is a lot of what's what is here or even even in South Africa as well there was no mm. formalized agreement between the people who were there and the settling colonizers or the settling colonials yep. to say oh we acknowledge that's your land but we're going to take it anyways whereas here it was like oh that's not your land we're just gonna yeah we're gonna take it anyways we yeah, don't care right. about it or not we're basically just gonna kill them off yeah it's literally like the, the tribes from Tasmania yeah. were literally just killed off yeah there's no Aboriginal tribes in Tasmania wow. been, wrong time, but they literally just killed off yeah so tell me, how do you feel like the Lord sees all of this? Hey, good question. Good question. I, I try not to answer for the Lord too much. <laughs> um, mm. I try to let him do the talking. I I, I do, I, I firmly believe that you know, Heavenly Father acknowledges all of us as one people and the frailties of men and the frailties or the greediness and the haughtiness and the selfishness of men um, is a lot of the driver of many of the issues that the world faces today, whether it's poverty, um, whether it's you know, mass difficulties that, that are a part of the system, whatever it is, I think um, Heavenly Father acknowledges and, and can recognize that his, his plan is perfect. It's we're the ones who are stuffing it up, like Rod was saying. Yeah, exactly. His right. plan is set forward. Um, but I believe, and, and it's incredible to think that the Lord allows us that much agency, that, that he would intervene at times, and step in in different instances and, and try and correct mankind from our own destruction. So why then do we, why do we then look at it? Why do we have so many different cultures? Why do we have so many different colors mm. of people? Why is all that so different if, let's say, the Lord looks as, looks all of us as just one? Yeah, yeah. Why do you feel that there's such a difference? I personally believe, whether it's doctrine, I personally believe diversity is the essence of life. Like God, God is the creator of flowers and trees, and exactly right. different colored animals, beautiful. shapes and sizes. Exactly so right. without diversity, then man, it's looking pretty bland. <laughs> like, mm. and whether that was the plan of the whitewash of the world, and they said no, everything needs to look the same. We need to categorize it, and everything needs to look the same. Mm -hmm. um, diversity is God is diverse. Like He, he is diverse in how He helps us understand him he's going to talk to rod through the scriptures he's going to talk to you through prayer he's going to talk to me through showing me something as i'm walking mm -hmm. down the street like he, he absolutely works in patterns and works in very specific ways but at the same time like he can't it's, it's the very nature of who we are is that we just create and more more and more how sorry i did this uh, uh work training video uh the other day yeah and it was about diversity in the community and 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 i had a guy standing there and he was talking about how he has his strengths and he has his weaknesses and he was saying like if if there was just more copies of me and you know so the video sort of had pop you know pop-ups of him everywhere mm -hmm. he would say the entire world would have my weakness yeah yeah Ooh. and but would have my strengths 
you know so by having diversity we have the strength to do everything yeah. mm -hmm. we just have to acknowledge that everyone has different strengths yeah, yeah. so yeah. he has literally given us the power to be everything we possibly can be we just are the ones that fail at actually using it because we don't use that diversity we sort mm. of profile people yeah, yeah. and because we don't use it well it's our actual own fault he's designed it perfectly we just don't do it properly yeah. it's funny um on my mission i remember we had a zone conference and me and the other companion and the mission president were planning and i was like oh man it's gonna be tough because they're not gonna they're not gonna really see it and i don't know why they're all just like i was i, I was uh, murmuring you know what i mean i was like murmuring against the, the other zone leaders in the in the in, in the mission uh, the leaders in the mission to say and he turns around to me and he rebuked me so beautifully like it was just amazing <laughs> he just said uh, elder if we were all the same we would not learn anything yeah, yeah. we need you see that difficult missionary you were talking about? There's a reason the Lord called him, not me. There's a reason the Lord called him because he has something that you don't. And he has something that other people don't. Even though he's difficult, he has something that the Lord wants to use from yeah. him. And I was like, wow. And you made the comment earlier that you don't think, sorry, uh, Bishop Ross, uh, you don't think that um, it's a coincidence that you were called into butler war yeah, at the that's, time that's, that's like man. you know what i mean mm. and that's because you have a very strong connection to your heritage and as you said 80 percent of your ward is either moldy or islander or, or some sort of you know, from a foreign land which you would have a strong connection with so it's that whole we're called for that period of time yeah and, and i always i always knew that from the prophets <clears throat> when you look at the prophets that are called they're called for the perfect time yeah, that yeah, they need yeah. to be there. Some prophets are only called for a year, yeah. you know, and they pass away, and other ones are called for, you know, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you get me thinking about President Nelson now, him being a, in a medicine. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. At this you know, point in time. Yeah. There was no greater time that we need someone who understood that side of things, because that's what the world is going to, and he gets called, what, 12 months before Everything. COVID comes out. Yeah. Um, nothing's coincidental. Yeah. So, so how do we fix that? How do we get to get everyone to understand that we are all one? We are all brothers and sisters. We are all connected. How do we teach that and how do we fix it, basically? Because the world is telling us... It's funny, on social media, we all want to be the same, right? Mm -hmm. We all want to have, you know, all these things that social media is showing us, but then we don't accept... Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. We don't accept others or for what they the differences mm. that they have and whatnot. I don't I don't know if we will, because of the fact that we have weaknesses. Yeah. You know, I I think if in in a, in a perfect world profiling wouldn't happen. You know what you said before about a Samoan ward, da da da. That's just profiling right yeah. there. And 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 we spoke about it with the racism in football, which I hate. You know, because mm -hmm. I'm a big football fan, and when I hear about the racism in football, it just drives me crazy. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's just no need for it. But I don't know if we'll ever actually get away from it, because of we have weaknesses as people, and unfortunately, it's just going to be so difficult to change the entire world. Yeah. This isn't a new thing. Yeah. You know, like, and look how we still struggle with it so much today. But it's amazing how kids don't even see it. Eh? No. For example, uh, just to put you on the spot, we went for a dinner or lunch at the at the Frost uh, Bishop Frost's home. We got there and he had um, basically his your kids were playing with the <laughs> like running my own orphanage uh, or something. Up yeah, there. <laughs> um, where where was Senegal? Uh, where they from? Oh, Uganda. Uganda. It's our neighbors, yeah. Um, they have this thing where in their home the doors open and the kids just come from Uganda. They just come and they just play. And I was like, seeing it, I won't lie to you. We went back into the car, me and Pina. It literally <laughs> melted my heart. I was like, wow. What's like, going that's, on up in here? <laughs> but that's, you teach your kids from that age where like, I, I, I could see your kids. It's like, they didn't see anything different. It was just so beautiful to see. And I mm, honestly I loved you. looking at that. And to know, I don't know if, you know, it all starts off with small things like that, yeah. where your kids will grow up and they'll see, they won't see a difference in color. They won't see a difference in 
all these things you know it'll just be to love yeah and that'll be it and when we're trying to figure out how do we sort it out well yes it will never be fixed but we can start by doing something as small as that and inter- introducing your kids knowing that you know they won't see a difference which they don't you know what i mean when they're really young they just want to love and they want to play yeah, yeah. like we you know, know we know that fear is one of satan's biggest tricks mm. and, and i think that's how satan just gets people mm. i think you know like when it gets to that point he's just going oh you hold on hold on you need to fear that yeah yeah you know and all of a sudden they fall down that trap like he is different to me mm. you know I grew up, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. See, for me growing up in mm. Ireland was always tough and you know being serious though there was times where something would go missing in a class and I would be so like anxious and scared because I in my, in my head everyone was looking at me I was the only black guy in the class and everyone would be looking at me and I'd be literally praying in whatever way I knew how to pray like please <laughs> mm. please find this please because I can't do this because one kid's gonna go home and be like I bet you was him, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was always scared, and I always mm. felt like I needed to be a certain way to show that not all black people uh, what you see on TV or whatever, whatever. I felt like I always had an image to portray for people, you know. And every t- like when it was found or something, I'd be like, oh, phew, you know. I felt like that relief of at least they can have a bit of thing. Or it wasn't him, yeah. You know what I mean? And it was always that thing of I was always scared, you know what I mean, because. They looked at me in a certain way. But I want to ask a controversial question that we would have got a lot on our mission, Bishop. Drop it. Of why is Jesus white? <laughs> no, un- like every I time love, we would, it, eh? they would, they would, straight up, they would ask us, why is Jesus white? And then we'd be, oh, snap. He's not white. But why does that picture look like he's yeah. white? And I'd be like, ah. Oh. I never knew how to answer yeah, it. Yeah, eh? yeah, I find it fascinating. The um, like if like I know I know I've listened to the podcast a lot, and I don't want to trigger Rod about his social media kind yeah, of triggering. No, no. I'll try to just call it SM without without triggering you too much. But yeah. Jeez, it's it's funny how um, like if art and sculptures and all of that form was social media of the past. Like you think of what was social media in the eighteen hundreds. It would mm. have been. Mona Lisa painting like oh look at my selfie of Mona Lisa kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So social media back then would have been in that form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in that sense, the media was still twisting. So the media, or and I'm not ranting on about the media all day yeah, today, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you can even see that the interpretation or an art, artistic interpretation, or to someone taking artistic license to then say, oh, I believe Jesus looks this way, and mm-hmm. that's from my worldview in terms of if I'm a 17th century painter who grew up in the middle of London who grew up in this worldview that London is the center of the world, where the, the sun doesn't set on the English empire because we have colonized and conquered the world, mm. then you're going to paint and portray someone like Jesus in the worldview wow. that, you, that you know it. Wow, I um, have no, wow. But so you, so you take take that aspect, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you just, you have to look at like the cultural context, the the ethnic background that Jesus came from, and they were all brown. Like everyone yeah. there was brown. And I, and I think they probably, uh, uh, it's it would be the glamorization of religion that would then create this white savior complex that yeah. this white man is going to come and save the world because the white man is what saved the world previously yeah and and, and it was it was the, wait a minute wait a minute man can you, did you not just sense, hear you how just deep you went in there <laughs> yeah. but when, you, got when, you, when you go back to it like um when you look at after like christianity sort of stopped well not stopped but the 12 apostles died right yeah, yeah. and the people that took over that sort of christianity yeah they were powerful rich white men it became the religion of the state like it, exactly. it, was, it was constantine and it was the roman empire exactly and, was, and then it became we, england and so on and so on and so like this? Yeah. yeah so those were powerful white people so of course jesus just became white and then you know there was periods of time there where they were arguing about whether he was even jewish and he, really he was english yeah, and yeah, yeah there oh, were wow. silly things that went yeah, on back yeah. then and, and that just changed everything you know the popes you know, if, you, if you go back to the history of the, the Catholic Church or the Popes, you know, at one time there was three Popes. Yeah. They all called themselves Popes and they all went to war with each yeah, other. Yeah. You know, they just basically got in bed with the, the princes and the kings and stuff and they went to war with each other and whoever won, he became the Pope and that's literally the descendant of who the Pope is today. Oh, really? He has no authority over anything. Yeah, yeah. But that's literally the history of the Catholic Church and, and it's those sort of times where that sort of stuff all just got warped. Yeah. Um, but my question is, 
why does it matter? Exactly. I think it's, I think it's a quick I think it's a quick disclaimer in pure reverence to the Savior in His name. Of course, we say this with utmost reverence and yeah. oh, absolutely His character yeah. and who He is. But yeah, we, yeah. we speak of because like, we're literally talking yeah. about diversity and stuff, and 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 how we shouldn't be profiling, etc. Mm-hmm. The question itself is why Jesus is white is almost a racial comment about you know leaning towards why isn't He black or why isn't He brown or so on and so on. And I'm sort of like, what does it matter? And that was always the thing um, on my mission. I always came back to because I didn't know how to answer it. I always asked, answered it, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Do you have a testimony of God and Jesus Christ? Do you have a testimony that they live? Yes, then it shouldn't matter what, the, what color they are. The real question would be, is if the world found out that Jesus wasn't white, would you stop believing? Mm. That would be the real question. Mm. And that would, that would diversify the people who actually are a little bit racist or you know profile mm. um versus the people who literally are just going off the person itself mm. because none of us met him we just know everything or not everything we, we know a lot we can't about remember him. that according to our doctrine we can't remember that we met him yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did meet him but we just it's a long time ago yeah. 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 yeah but you know like we know a lot about him and that's what we believe mm. you know so we know it's funny we know his character and who he was and he, in a way, like just talking about it now, I'm like, he's like, you know my character, you know who I was, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at other people around us, we should lo- know them for their character and who they are and follow them for who they are, be, yeah. be there for them, for who they are, not for how they look and the money they have and all these things because it doesn't matter, does it? You know, I find myself, you know, when I'm working at the, so I work at the Perth Children's Hospital now, and when I'm there and I see these, I see some moms and dads who come in and you can see they're very wealthy. And sometimes I go back to thinking that the Lord, and you know, he doesn't care for how rich you are. You will get challenges in your life and we all get them, no matter how rich or how poor you are, we all get them, no matter you're black, white, whatever, you all get those challenges. He doesn't see any of that and when you get them is he just wants us to lean to him and you know just have faith that he is there and to just trust that he knows us and love loves us for who we are and who we aspire to be Mm. you know which is something beautiful there and you think about that new testament time Okay, and and you know i watch the show the chosen yeah yeah, really show right yeah yeah. and um how much Jesus didn't really put himself out there. He didn't want to be the showstopper and come look at me, let's sell tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was he was spreading the word to other people so they could then spread the word. Yeah. The word wasn't come look at Jesus, the word was Jesus mm. and, and his it's beautiful. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what the the um leaders of the church are basically wanting us to do. To pray for ourselves, to to go out and teach the gospel so that they can go and teach and not people like come to bishop frost mm. he's he will teach you all you need to know it's more of you helping the world understand to go out there and when they're out there then to just spread the word mm. of christ and not of the bishop and not of you know the priest or whatnot but of christ you mm. know what i mean and that's the main thing what does the president of the church usually excuse me he all he talks about is christ he Mm. wants us to lean to him he doesn't say pray to me he doesn't say i'm i'm the guy you need to talk to he says pray to christ connect with him because Mm. like you said the word is christ you know and i feel like that's a beautiful thing and we were talking about popes and you know and how i I, obviously i was catholic before and in that sense um you know it was the sense of look to the Pope, you know what I mean? The Pope was the answer. The Pope is the way forward, but Christ is the way forward. Yeah, that's and, right. and he's the only one that can, you know, bring us to where we need to be. Yeah. You know? Like the people like Bishop and, and uh, Catholic priests and all those sort of guys, their responsibility is to help us stay on the path mm. to Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Not to, to them, to Christ, but on our mission, we would have saw 
uh, priest oh, saying, look to me. <laughs> make so much money mm. there. It's yeah, it's like, like, look to me. I'm, I'm the, I'm the connection to Christ. Exactly. You don't, you don't go and talk to God by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come to me and I'll, you give me some money. I'll, I'll talk to him for you. Well, here's a, here's a pure example. What in a, in the Catholic situation, what do you call, is it the priest of the congregation? What do they call him? Uh, Father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So literally the holiest name we have for God, they take upon themselves and ask their congregation to call them Father. Mm. A shout out to the Catholics, though. We do love you. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, we no, do no. love you. But it's just, wanna... that's one of those things, you know, when, yeah, you, yeah, when, you, yeah, when you break yeah. it down, you're sort of like, oh, okay. Mm. I think um, I, I found it interesting to think about the... So for instance, a, a lot of it is learned, behave, like the, a, lot of, a lot of behaviors, a lot of mannerisms and patterns and things that are adopted are learned so even in i suppose defense of a lot of the um priests and stuff who are making lots of making that money over mm-hmm. in south africa mm-hmm. they've learned that from somewhere oh like, yeah they've learned to adopt that in a particular way it's just um, passing it on yeah yeah and and that's what you know they might have attended a church that was run of run by a particular person from that particular background or ethnic background and they said oh i'm going to copy that and i'm going to do that and they've learned that from and then adopted that in themselves i'll, I'll I remember I was asked the question, um, oh, do you, like, is there, oh, we were talking about it with someone. I was asking, like, do you think just all, like, Māori people, like, bash their kids or, like, you know, like, so, something in terms of do you think mm-hmm. they just smack their kids? And I was like, oh, man, I'm pretty sure, number one, I'm pretty sure everyone ends up smacking, not that I'm condoning, you know, violence on children or anything like mm-hmm. that, but it's, um, it's not inherent in culture or people of ethnic-based backgrounds or any ethnic-based backgrounds to enact violence in that way so it's had to be learned in some respects so you mm. would think if people have been oppressed and destroyed and you know downtrodden over a period of time and learnt that that's how you can do things to get your way then that is then going to be followed and and replicated so people thinking that particular like you said when you were in class and you were freaking out because someone someone stole mm. something and all of a sudden they're going to blame it on the little black kid for mm. stealing it mm. man every culture steals like every mm. ethnic based around the ethnic base around the world steals i mean if not oh it's like it's not like cultural people have a monopoly on stealing things because if that was the case then all of the land would still belong to those who officially claim it yeah, um, yeah. if the english yeah. settled on you know if the sun didn't sit on the english empire then i think they were the most thieving of all so exactly it's, it's right. those kind of crazy, like yeah. and it's fascinating that as a six or seven year old you would take that upon yourself to think that oh man i'm the black kid i'm going to get blamed for this mm. um and where was that learned from that you know something bad happens i'm the i'm the cause of it for the profiling yeah through the media yeah that's what it is and mm. i think it, it's and and you ask the question like man what do we do to fix this it's i, I find it i I'm, I'm a firm believer in um i think it's newton's third law for every action is an equal and opposite reaction mm-hmm. if it's taken 180 years for us to get to where we are in terms of oppression and land thieving and profiling and what you know stolen generation and all of that then it will take an equal amount of years to get out of that um, similar to debt like you can oh, so far as i understand you can't get out of debt faster than you've gotten into it unless something miraculous happens i believe the miraculous thing of getting us out of this is the second coming of jesus christ so yeah that's mm. going to be the ultimate stop in all of this issue but it's going to take time like you said it takes in small means and in many instances it takes these small acts of kindness or these small acts of goodness it takes um, understanding and knowledge you know, e- education becomes you know, a, a powerful tool in terms of understanding people's backgrounds and but when we when we think about like uh the racism aspect and the profiling like you said those things are learned and a lot of times they're learned obviously from their parents and if you go back a few generations you know in some areas you're still talking jim crow mm. from the u.s mm. Um, over here, you're talking stolen generation yeah. from the Aboriginal people. Did you say Jim Crow? Yeah. yeah. Who's that? It was like um, basic like structural racism in terms of laws that were put in place to prevent black people in America from doing anything like different colored fountains. Yeah, different, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Is it called Jim Crow? That's what it's called, yeah. So like um, you had all those sort of things happening in it, and it comes through those generations. So the more those generations are passing on, like 
unless that will be an influence and on them I believe you know what I mean? from our mission as well like mm. there are people who are still alive today that live during apartheid so yeah this exactly. gonna, and as soon as they pass away said you know rest in peace but the faster they pass away then the faster racism yep. will solve itself in, in south africa and the other thing i thought of when you were talking before was um you saw the violence in children right after wars there was always violence no. in the home no. because the men and women who went to war was was so messed up yeah. from that period of time they couldn't control their anger they couldn't control what they saw that violence increased in the home because they were like trying to deal with situations yeah. and what did they know that you know heavy hitting and yeah, war yeah, sort yeah. of yeah you know and unfortunately that was an outcome of what they learned mm. so it's the same thing when you talk about racism at the moment in like america etc some of those granddads and those sort of things grew up during that time um where racism was rife yeah yes. as that person passes on and the next one the next generation next generation it'll be less and less and less it's because you were saying some people are still alive from apartheid and another and my mom you know would have grown yeah, up in exactly. that and perfect, it's and, and there was times in ireland where she'd get angry if you know someone skipped her in a way like you know that was a well, that was Caucasian and would just skip her she would literally get mad mm -hmm. and I used to be like mom like chill it's okay you know it's not that deep like we're next it's all, it's gonna be alright but I I started to understand I was like she still has it in her head yeah. of what she's gone through yeah. mm -hmm. and I wish I understood but I'll never understand but she you know she still kind of it's still there it's still there in her head of the things she would have suffered yeah and therefore, like now, it's just like she has a voice and she wants to scream. She wants to let them know, everyone know that, you know what I mean? So and so and whatnot. And it's, it's so I started to understand why she was triggered by those little things, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That I would have looked at and be like, it's, it's, it's okay. Because I didn't grow up in that. Yeah. I didn't see that, you know. Um, I remember there was a, the first um, one of the girls that I dated when I was younger. Uh, she was getting me to meet her mom and my name is brian you know what i mean in ireland all right so i was like does your mom know i'm black and she's like it doesn't matter it kind of does because you know she's she's listening to you saying i'm dating a guy called brian she's she's thinking a freckled ginger head yeah. is gonna just show up. Bring on Brian. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I just just tell her, please. And she's like, it doesn't matter, it shouldn't matter. Man, I remember I went, I went up and I was like, I she's like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Yep. Oh, I'm man. Brian. <laughs> and then but we laugh about it now the yeah, yeah, the mom yeah. and all that. But it was funny because I loved how she didn't see it, you know what I mean? She didn't see it and I loved that she, yeah, I, I just enjoyed that she didn't see that, you know what I mean? That yeah. it shouldn't matter it shouldn't but obviously me growing up i know it matters yeah, yeah. but that those sort of people you know is those people who don't see that and all that i feel like that's it's a beautiful thing you know and i feel like we can get there and from what i've gotten from this part today is that remembering who you are can really help you move forward yeah mm -hmm. absolutely remembering your absolutely. roots remembering the person that you you know what your ancestors have gone through and trying and not moving forward and forgetting because once you forget you forget your purpose you forget your reasoning and i i was watching a uh, youtube i'm addicted to youtube and pharrell williams was on ancestry yeah cool and it was so amazing to see that his great 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 granddad would have been in slavery and all that and his great granddad would have been in slavery and all that and his granddad wouldn't have seen the person that he is right now or he would have become, you know, he, everyone's shouting his name, everyone wants to, you know, touch his hand, everyone wants to be in his presence because he's Pharrell Williams, you know, we all want to be. And for that to be have a complete switch, he was like crying because he was like realizing, wow, like I'm living completely different to how they live. Yeah. And he remembered, you know, he remembered for that second of what they went through and the the platform he has now yeah. you know we ha we all have our own platform to change the world no joke we all have a platform to change the world where you work your home you can change a each single day you will meet one new person and you get to show them mm. that 
you don't see all these things that you have a belief in Christ that you are kind you are loving and they will take that from you well if, if, if we look at it today right who are some of the most famous people in the world today Kanye West Kanye West let's just forget he mentioned <laughs> but you look at LeBron James yeah you know biggest part Michael Jordan yeah um, Pharrell Williams and music. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. But a lot of the most Messi. famous people yeah. in the world are people of colour. You know, and when you think Our about culture, Fra- yeah, 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 when you yeah. think of like Pharrell Williams with his ancestry, right? Mm. So let's say that's three generations. So in three generations, it's gone from being in slavery to being one of the most popular people wow. in the world today. That literally like billions follow mm-hmm. you know that's how long it's taken and as Bishop Cross said a couple more generations and we might see that completely change again um, yeah, yeah, where yeah, that yeah. profiling and that is just not there anymore mm. that's that's the goal that's the aim can I throw a twist you know? in there Do it. I think um I, I never want myself or my kids or my grandchildren to not be identified as Maori or Pacific Island like it's mm. it's I think even swinging the other way in terms of like, we don't want anyone to call you anything. It's like, man, I'm proud to be Maori. I'm proud to yep. be Samoan. I'm proud mm. of my French or Irish background. Like yeah, I'm, I'm proud that's... of my, even as I look at this family history book as this pop filter that you've got here, like mm. the, um, the, <laughs> the, the value yeah. that comes from recognizing, man, the, 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 the special uniqueness that we all make up from from our past absolutely prepares us and our children for the future mm-hmm. and, and um, to hold on to that and to bring that to your children too the religion religion encourages that as well like we we preach all day long about family history and the impacts and the importance of it and how we need to prepare the world for the safest return and all of that so it's um you can't help but start exploring these bigger concepts of race and its connections to religion as well and how you balance the two out because it, it it's amazing yeah it's it's just you, you have to explore them as you explore who you were, who you, your parents were and who your grandparents were, you have to find your balance in between all of those. Yeah, I think the thing that I, I love about uh, what you were saying there was, um, you know, like me and Brian are friends, right? Yeah. And, and Brian, is his heritage is from Africa, right? Yeah. So he uh, grew up in Ireland. Zulu. Zulu, Zulu, Zulu warrior. King Shaka. <laughs> and one of the things that... <laughs> <laughs> where I think things can go is the whole... I love Brian because of the way we get along and we banter and all that sort of stuff. But I love Brian and his heritage, you know, it's the combination of everything. He's always going to be a black skinned man, mm. right? And I'm always going to be a white skinned man. Skin girl. <laughs> girl. But, you know, we love each other and we're mates, right? And it's the same with um, like Will and Bishop yeah. Pitapi, who we've had on before, yourself, you know, uh, Islander guys that, that are all, I'm all mates with as well. You know, it's that you love them for them. You know, you love them because of their heritage, yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the way they look, because of the way they behave and the way you interact. It doesn't become a barrier. It doesn't it's become not a awkward, barrier, awkward yeah. It's the, it's the whole package. Yeah. You know, I love him because of him. I love you because yeah. of you, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You don't go, oh, you would be good, but you have brown skin. But you're a bit so sus. Really, um, yeah, sort of yeah. That one friend. time Brian stole things when he was a kid. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah. I, I am missing a few things. Good <laughs> <laughs> one, but um, honestly, um, this has been amazing. This mm. has completely been amazing. If we could just finish off with something you want to leave, uh, say a message for people out there and just sharing your testimony too yeah. of your love for God. We'd love to hear that from you. Yeah, I'll try not. Um, That's probably like the the cliche bishop thing. I'll try not to take too much time, but 40 yeah. minutes later, here we start. <laughs> Without I was like, notes. bishop, last yeah, yeah. Just, By the way, uh, 40 minutes later, here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in terms of pearls of wisdom or, or pearls to share, you know, I, I, I'm no, I'm, I'm not like a racial expert. I, I don't have massive. I, I probably listen to a lot of stuff that's probably borderline. No, not borderline, but it um helps me to recognize uh, the impacts of what has happened and what that means for me and the life of my family, and even the fact that we are now immigrants in a new land. As much as Australia has welcomed us, that we have permanent residency without even trying. Um, I wish I had that. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> they're, so, there are particular things that are in place that are the benefits of what has taken place. So, the, I suppose the lives that we live now, um, we benefit greatly from the impacts of what has happened in the past. Like, you know, 
that there's so much good that does take place in the world um, but acknowledging where that good exists exists from or where it originates is, is hugely valuable not only to us now but to our children and to our grandchildren like there's never a um, I grew up in a pretty uh, I wasn't affluent but it was a nicer part of Auckland and I was probably one of maybe six you know Maori kids at my school I went to Pigeon Mountain Primary School it's a real place um, mm-hmm. and and I remember being asked to do the haka, like uh, the, we learned this, we learned the haka, and then I remember for some, like, I, I enjoyed, first off I enjoyed it, so I enjoyed kind of performing, but I was asked to be at the front, and whether that was because I was good at it, or whether it was because like, oh hey, here's the brown kid, he's probably wanting to lead it, and he probably looks like he should lead it, so we'll put him in the front. Um, I, I don't know what conspiracy is behind all of that, whether there is or isn't. Um, what I do know is that I didn't, and I'm not in terms of a racial expert or a historical expert, uh, but I'm an expert of me. I'm an expert of my who who I am in this time and place, and, and how I understand how I came into the world and where I am now and where I want to go is is who I am an expert on. Um, so hopefully today um, things haven't been too radical. I mean, we could have taken in all kinds of directions, mm-hmm. but um, I I do know that these components of who we are, race or ethnicity, uh, are valuable and they're important to understand, and people shouldn't discount that. In any sense, we ourselves shouldn't discount that in, our, that in ourselves. Um, we shouldn't have an internalized racism towards who we are. For those of us who do identify in particular ethnic backgrounds, like there, there is no reason why a seven-year-old Brian should have ever thought that I, as the black kid, was going to be the culprit for stealing something. And that's mm. an internalized racism that um, he feels he had felt against himself. And I mm. felt the same way. I I didn't want to be part of the Kapahaka group when I found out that my um, my Maori tutor was doing things with particular students at the school and I remember thinking specifically as a 14 year old it's like man I don't want to be Maori anymore if that's what being Maori is I don't want to be it so I mm. went to join the Samoan group and then I was now Samoan mm. and I hung out with all the Samoan kids and then I identified as Samoan so it's fascinating that um, when we walk across these different worlds and these different contexts of ethnic backgrounds that we, we find you know who, who we try and find out who we are um, and then summing that all up into I suppose a religious hat or a religious context is that I firmly believe that we existed before we came here we exist now and we will continue to exist after we leave um, I firmly believe that um, we lived with our Heavenly Father before we came to this life and that, that was probably a really long time and and forgetting that um, that component of this great plan of happiness forgetting that is often where we trip up is that we are intelligent beings all of us uh, and that we are capable of incredible amount of good, not only in this world, but in, in the life to come. Uh, I am grateful and know that and we, we worship a God who is diverse in his views on, on much of what happens in the world. Um, we, we worship a God who is patient with us because he's asked us to use our agency to make these choices. Um, you know, 16th century sailors or 16th century colonizers use their agency to go across the seas and destroy people and completely enslave them and to wreck things and they use the agency and heavenly fathers and uh, he might have said it but he 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 permitted it to happen because he allowed agency to take place Mm. and then even now in our time we now have the opportunity to use our agency to let and to welcome the ugandan kids from next door to come and play the Mm. to welcome quest our our australian neighbor kid who's down the road who knocks really quietly to welcome him into our home like it's it's how do we truly measure and how do we truly change the world is to use our agency for good um, so I'm grateful that Heavenly Father's provided us that great gift that we can use our choice and our freedom to choose to to choose Him and to choose to you know make ourselves a little bit better. But otherwise, I'll have to leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Honestly, you are such a powerful man. <laughs> such a powerful man. Have uh, Have you got anything you want to finish with? I would love to finish off with something. Um, first of all very grateful that you could come and share your knowledge with us um so much going on in my head but just to close off um i'm grateful i'm grateful 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 for you know the people my i'm to be honest i'm grateful for my mother i'm Mm -hmm. grateful for my mother for deciding to switch life up for us and even in that to hold on to her culture to hold on to that and to not let go of it. I'm grateful for all mothers and fathers out there who 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 want a better life for their kids and to continue moving forward. 
uh, the other day at the hospital we had a, a family from Afghanistan Afghan- mm. can never say yeah and because of what's happening now the and they were sent here from Australia wow. and they were just here a month yeah. and I was like wow you know I get to see someone that's gone through all that and is here now and he was telling us so many stories and his family was just there and the kids and I was like it was so beautiful that they have a chance to you know be here and to and it was amazing you know and I was like yes this is what it is you know all of us connecting and just being you know just going out there um I'm grateful for the fact that I've come to this land you know and to have you know to have built something for myself mm-hmm. here and my kid now bless his heart he's gonna be Australian born South African Samoan <laughs> the dad that lived in Ireland and the Mix mom that up. lived in he's gonna be like who am I <laughs> <laughs> but also in saying that joke uh, if anyone wants to sponsor the CBS I'm doing my um my permanent residency now and I'm scared <laughs> please pray that I can be left in the country and I don't get deported get bounced <laughs> yeah uh, we're actually doing that now at the moment it's so stressful you can wow. say to him look I've have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> just listen to, to my podcast and let me stay yeah yeah um, but no that's 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 my that's my two cents Rodney uh, yeah I think as Bishop Rox was saying his closing remarks it made me think about you know do we have diversity as one of our greatest tests here on earth to show that we love each other and that we love our neighbour no matter what they are. Mm. You know what I mean? And it sort of made me think that about is that our greatest test and why we have diversity because it's the challenge for us to love unconditionally. Mm. Um, it just made me think um, about that side of things, which makes me think about the plan of salvation and, and you know talking with the youth in class today about those sort of side of things and and um yeah i'm just grateful for the knowledge that we have um i'm grateful that you know we have testimonies of of jesus christ and our heavenly father and and i think um when we have that foundation when we talk about things like this we can just have that conversation without it conflicting us or, or challenging us in a way because at the end of the day our foundation is always going to be there you know so we can have conversations there's that book by sherry drew worth the wrestle mm. some things are worth the wrestle to delve into and find the answers um we shouldn't be afraid to talk about things um so yeah man i'm just grateful to be here today what a what a pod that was yeah. it's amazing and also if you have found any any bit of this offensive in any way we do apologize oh, we didn't mean to <laughs> At any way offend anyway on zero four one. We didn't mean to offend anyone at all, and we are sorry if we did. But you know, we was just again. You know, we don't make notes. We don't. We just spitball and we just say it as it is. And we're grateful for all the listeners. Are we gonna tell them the great news? We had. Oh, we yeah. have one k listeners now at the moment. Yeah, and it is amazing. And thank you so much. We had what the Cayman Islands. We had Fiji. We had <laughs> yeah Russia. All these countries. People it's listening Poland. to us. Poland, Poland and we were like down under anymore. Sh- yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for all the followers we have out there. Honestly, it does mean a lot. And um, we're gonna keep sharing. We're gonna keep doing the best that we can to share our testimonies and to bring happiness to everyone out there but mm. thank you for listening to lds down under down under down under mate <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys we sang together we prayed together we listened quietly while mother read bible and book of mormon stories father told us stories out of his memory i still remember one of those stories I found it recently while going through a book he had published some years ago. Listen to it. An older boy and his young companion were walking along a road which led through a field. They saw an old coat and a badly worn pair of men's shoes by the roadside. And in the distance they saw the owner working in the field. The younger boy suggested that they hide the shoes, conceal themselves, and watch the perplexity on the owner's face when he returned. The older boy thought that would not be so good. 
He said, this owner must be a very poor man from the looks of his clothes. So after talking the matter over at his suggestion, they concluded to try another experiment. Instead of hiding the shoes, they would put a silver dollar in, in each one and see what the owner did when he discovered the money. So that's what they did. soon the man returned from the field, put on his coat, slipped one foot into his shoe, felt something hard, took it out and found a silver dollar. Wonder and surprise shone upon his face. He looked at the dollar again and again, turned around and could see nobody, then proceeded to put on the other shoe. When to his great surprise, he found another dollar. His feelings overcame him. He knelt down and offered aloud a prayer of thanksgiving in which he spoke of his wife being sick and helpless and his children without bread. He fervently thanked the Lord for this bounty from unknown hands and evoked the blessings of heaven upon those who had given him this needed help. The boys remained hidden until he had gone. They'd been touched by his prayer and felt something warm within their hearts. As they left to walk down the road, one said to the other, now really, don't you have a good feeling?